This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is all theater. It's all just political theater. Political theater. Political theater. Pure political theater. Theater. Political theater. The nefarious, significant, and protracted political, political, political theater for political theater's sake. I yield back. From Washington, this is Political Theater. Roll Call's review of the spectacle of politics on Capitol Hill and across the country. I'm Jason Day. President Joe Biden is set to sign legislation that will give easier access to health and disability benefits to more than 3.5 million veterans who were exposed to toxic substances on overseas deployments in Iraq, Afghanistan, and more. It wasn't easy to get through Congress. The Senate finally passed that bill after weeks of delay this week, but not before high-profile advocacy from comedian Jon Stewart and others. But underneath those bigger headlines and folded into the bill is a provision to address a place called Camp Lejeune and its long, long history of contaminated water. Those exposed to the toxins there have waged their own long push to be able to get compensation from the federal government. When the bill is signed, they will be able to file lawsuits to try to get that compensation. I'm Todd Ruger, legal affairs editor at CQ Roll Call and today's guest host of Political Theater, sitting in for Jason Dick, who is traveling for business in his role as editor-in-chief. Joining me is Mike Magner, an editor at CQ Roll Call, who has followed the stories of families from Camp Lejeune. Welcome, Mike, and tell us quickly about how long you've been following the Camp Lejeune saga. Oh, thanks, Todd. It's actually been 20 years now since I first came across this story. At that time in 2002, I was working for a nonprofit news service that basically just did investigative reporting on environmental news and turned over the information to reporters at The Post or The Times or Wall Street Journal, or if we had something really good, we'd give it to 60 Minutes. And all we asked for when we did that was that they give us some credit if they use the information in, in the story. So at, at that time, I was digging into an EPA study that came out in 2001, assessing the risks of a chemical called TCE, which is a really widely used cleaning solvent. And what was happening at a lot of military bases is they were using it. it it's, it's, it's a liquid like lighter fluid that basically they were spraying down airplanes when they came in and tanks after they were used and hosing them down with TCE and then just letting the chemical run off into the ground. And at Camp Lejeune, that was a big problem because it's on the shore of North Carolina, very sandy soils, and they happen to be using the, or I mean, the shallowest aquifer there for the drinking water. So over, over time, after that base opened in 1942, I believe, it was open to train Marines for the beach landings that they would do in uh, World War II. And over time, the, the contaminants built up. And on top of that, the uh, military base was using all kinds of landfills to dump uh, military weapons waste, used batteries, uh, fuel, 
and all these contaminants leaked into the groundwater. And it really wasn't until really 1985 that they discovered it, or at least said that they discovered it at that point and turned turned off the wells. So basically this was decades. Uh, it was, was decades. Happening. It was decades. Anybody who was there from 1950s to the 1980s, which is by the Navy's estimate is as many as a million people were exposed to that drinking water. And the result was that a lot of people ended up getting cancers, rare uh, uh, neurological diseases. And those didn't start to become evident until Camp Lejeune was declared a Superfund site. When, when was that? That was 1989, I believe. And uh, so it was four years after the wells were shut down, but the EPA began to be concerned that people had been exposed that might have had their health harmed. So th- there's decades of, of worth of people, uh, right. as you say, a million who were possibly exposed to the drinking water there. And, and you mentioned some of the, the problems that the drinking water is, is thought to have caused. You know, I, I read your story and what I've heard about it, it's, been, it's a horror story, this place. Um, yeah. the, the part of the story that really struck me um, that you mentioned was uh, something called Baby Heaven which is um, a part of the Jacksonville Cemetery near Camp Lejeune. Uh, It's called that because there are so many graves for infants. Yeah. And you talked to, in writing for this, you spoke to some of the people who were affected by this. One of them, Nancy Catherine Daniels. Tell us about her story and and what it was like talking with her. Well, well, first of all, Baby Heaven was was the result of scores of miscarriages that occurred at the base um, from in the 1960s and 70s. Um, these women were drinking the water while they were pregnant, and it caused all kinds of problems for their, for their infants or their fetuses. And so many of them ended up being buried in the cemetery by Camp Lejeune. And the woman who I talked to, she just discovered that she had had, had three babies die at uh, hours after birth from late 50s to the early 70s while she was living there. And she didn't realize what, what the problem was. She just assumed it was an act of God uh, in each case. But uh, Jerry Ensminger, who's, who's one of the former Marines who's been leading the charge to hold the Navy accountable for what happened, happened to be visiting baby heaven this past summer this summer, and he came across the gravestones of three babies, all with the same parents, all died on the same day from that period of 19, early 1960s to the late early 70s. And he used some uh, internet sleuthing to track down this woman, um, found her in South Carolina, and asked her about the babies. And she said, you know, they, they, they each died uh, moment, or hours within hours after I, I delivered them. And I never figured it out. And he said, did you know that the water was contaminated at each of those locations where you lived? And she said no. And she started breaking down crying because she, at age 83, she just found out she could never have a family, even though she had wanted to for her life, you know. So that was one of the tragedies of the whole story. Um, yeah. And now with this bill that has passed Congress, she will be eligible to go to to federal court and seek compensation for that. Yeah. Well, let, let, let me ask you about another guy, Mike Partain. Yeah. Tell me about his story and, and what it was like speaking with him. 
Mike, Mike was born, he, he was born at Camp Lejeune while his father was stationed in Vietnam. His mom lived at the base in 1968. And he has a picture when he was a baby of his mother at Camp Lejeune sitting with him and a glass of water is on the bedside table. So, you know, he knows his mom was drinking that water at the base. Almost 40 years later, when he was 39 years old, his wife discovered a lump on his chest and told him to get it checked out. And he he was diagnosed with male breast cancer, which is an extremely rare disease. Um, You know, breast cancer is common in women, but not in men. And he didn't find out until a few years later when CNN did a broadcast about the CDC looking into the contamination problems and, and was looking for any, anyone who had a baby that was born between 68 and 85. And he realized immediately that was probably the cause. And Mike really became driven to find out more and did some internet searches and found more than 100 men who had been stationed at Camp Lejeune who also had been diagnosed with male breast cancer. And I mean, if ever there was a cancer cluster, that's it. And so Mike actually teamed up with Jerry Ensminger, who I mentioned earlier, to file Freedom of Information Act requests with the Navy, demand that they explain why they didn't clean up the wells, uh, take those out of commission, and more importantly, why they didn't tell people as soon as they discovered it that it could be causing health problems. Because the Navy did not want, and the Marine Corps, did not want to expose their liabilities if there were even 10% of the million people who were exposed, that's 100,000 cases of disease that could have been caused or family members who died. And the, the Marine Corps and the Navy knew that would be a lot of settlements, you know, if they, if they admitted to the responsibility. Sure. Now, let's, let's step back a second because you have these people who, who have been connecting the dots between the, the contaminated water that, at Camp Lejeune and their health issues or the health issues of their daughter. And yet they needed something from Congress. They needed to be able to file lawsuits to seek compensation from the government for this. What, what made that necessary? Well, they did go to Congress for years in, uh, you know, after, the, after they discovered these problems. And, and finally, in 2012, Congress did something and, and offered uh, or provided uh, health care from the VA for anyone who was affected, even if they were not a, a veteran. Um, so like the spouses of, of uh, veterans. But that didn't do any good for uh, people like Jerry Ensminger, who lost his nine-year-old daughter to leukemia, because, you know, healthcare doesn't do you any good then. So he filed a case, in, a lawsuit in federal court uh, seeking compensation because of the military's uh, malfeasance. That case became entangled in a separate case in North Carolina, uh, where a, a, a polluter, uh, an electronics company, was accused by nearby property owners of contaminating their wells. And those people didn't discover the contamination until 2009, and uh, the plant had closed back in the, in the 80s. And so it went to court, and the company argued that under state statute called the statute of repose, a company could not be uh, sued for pollution more than 10 years after its last act of pollution. And since the company had closed in the 80s and the people discovered the 
contamination in their wells in 2009, uh, they said the state statute prevailed. However, the, the plaintiffs there argued the Superfund law, the federal law, says the first, the statute of limitations doesn't start until the contamination is, is discovered. They took that case all the way to the appeals court. Uh, the appeals court agreed with the plaintiffs that the federal law should take precedence. But the Supreme Court, after the Obama administration's solicitor general advocated on behalf of the state law in that case, knowing that this case could mean they could block any lawsuits on Camp Lejeune, the Supreme Court sided with the government and said, okay, the state law prevails. So Jerry Ensminger was case and thousands of, uh, at least hundreds of others were thrown out of court and he was left with no recourse. So what happened in Congress, they went to Congress and said, we need a provision that says these people who were affected at Camp Lejeune can go to federal court to overrule that state law. And that's what happened last night. Yeah. So, so essentially it came down to a state law said you couldn't file a lawsuit after a certain amount of time. And the Camp Lejeune people were out of luck because of that Supreme Court ruling. You know, President uh, Joe Biden announced that he's going to sign this bill. He specifically mentioned the Camp Lejeune part of it um, in a in a comment when it was as part of when this was going through Congress. What do you think happens now? I mean, you you've been in touch with all these people. Uh, where does the story go now? Oh, I know what happens now. I, as soon as Biden signs the bill which is supposed to be Monday now, uh, next Monday, the lawyers for Jerry Ensminger and others are going to start filing their cases in federal court. Under the law, they have two years to file claims in federal court in North Carolina, and uh, they are preparing their cases right now. Uh, those suits will start to flow into the into the court. There could be thousands of them, people who lost a loved one or who are suffering from cancers or other diseases uh, and spent time that, you know, they're, they're only going to have to prove that they were at the base and show records of that and show records of the diseases uh, or the causes of death. And, you know, they're going to be up against a government that's going to do everything it can to dispute their claims. So it's going to be quite a battle, but I, I have a feeling, I don't know if this is going to happen or not, but I think a lot of these cases will be consolidated and there could be one ruling by at some point down the road. I think all the victims are, are really hopeful. They have a, a really good attorney leading this effort named Ed Bell down in South Carolina. Uh, he's coordinating with lots of other attorneys who know of cases around the country. So it's going to be really interesting to watch and see how that ha- how that plays out. Yeah. And I've seen some of the commercials already that uh, the lawyers are advertising <laughs> Uh, and, 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 you know, uh, it's a, they've got two year window and covered the legal system for a long time. I know that, that these things take time to go through. So still not the end of the road, right? Uh, just, just oh, some yeah. more time, they, uh, more fighting and more time. And, uh, but, but the road is a, a lot clearer at this point. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, I know the veterans were, you know, and, and one of the things, the reason this got through was because it was attached to the burn pits bill, which. You know, John Stewart, as you mentioned, made made a big campaign out of that. And when it got stalled in the Senate last week, those folks were down on the on the at the Capitol steps overnight for for days, demanding that this bill be passed, and that helped get it through. And 
uh, sometimes I wonder if uh, if the, if it hadn't been for this burn pits issue, whether the Camp Lejeune thing might have just languished. But uh, they were all there last night when it when it passed, and we're out celebrating with John Stewart. Yeah, so you know sometimes it is amazing to watch Congress work, uh, <laughs> and and uh, you know they, they really had uh, John Stewart uh, and. Uh, and the supporters really had uh, sort of a, the righteousness of the cause of taking care of uh, American veterans that you send, a, you know, people, American citizens, you send abroad to fight for our country who get injured in terms of uh, when they're serving there. I mean, there's a real righteous cause uh, yeah. and, and difficult politically for, for the Republicans to oppose, even though they did uh, for a bit. And um, and the, the Camp Lejeune thing is one of those... It's like a, a more of a homemade disaster, um, but yeah. but still, uh, you know, the the government put people in harm's way there. So it, they do they're they're really uh, connected. But you're right the the higher profile part was the the toxic burn pits thing, and uh, and the Camp Lejeune thing snuck in there. So it's it's similar in some ways to what happened to Vietnam uh, veterans when they were in Vietnam. They were exposed to Agent Orange, the defoliant. And it took them years and years, but they got Congress to finally provide health care for all of the cancers and diseases that those folks had. And this was a similar thing. I, I, I don't know if it took quite as long as it took for the Vietnam vets, but uh, it was a long period. And, and I think they're really grateful for John Stewart's help on it. Yeah. Well, uh, Mike, thanks for uh, writing the story about it for us and lending all your expertise. You wrote a book about it. That can be found on Amazon, I believe. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, thanks again for doing that. And I'm sure you're going to be continuing to follow it in the future. So we'll look for that. And thanks for joining us today. My pleasure, Todd. Thank you. Thanks for uh, listening to Political Theater. You can subscribe to Political Theater wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to check out Mike's story on the Camp Lejeune bill, you can find it at rollcall.com. And the title of his book, on this issue is A Trust Betrayed, The Untold Story of Camp Lejeune and the Poisoning of Generations of Marines and Their Families. See you next time.